Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Tis the season to get glammy. I'm nominated for two 2023 Glam Awards for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger, and I need your help to win. Once again, both categories are in the People's Choice voting, so the public will determine who wins. All you need to do is go to GlamAwards.net, click the tab for People's Choice, and vote. You might only be allowed to use your email once, so you better tell all your friends, family, enemies, hell, even tell that dancing diva at the bar, the cutie slinging the drinks, and the DJ spinning the tracks. And I repeat, tell everyone. Oh, and while you're at it, visit my Instagram and click the link tree to find out how you can support the pod by donating or buying merch. Now, what you're about to listen to is an episode that I've been holding on to for a while. Why is it only being released now? Well, Daddy was busy! A lot has happened since this interview was conducted, so be sure to follow this bitch to fill in the blanks. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. She's the musical diva that not only tickles the ivory and gives Lizzo or Flute a run for her money, she happens to be one of the kindest souls in the scene. There's no one quite like it. It's Lyra Vega. How are you? Hi, I'm good. It is three o'clock in the afternoon, so it's like 8 a.m. for a drag queen. I love it. <laughs> Literally. And and you were been busy this morning, so it's not like you had a, um, just crawled out of bed. Yes, thank God. No, I had, a, I had another phone call. I'm actually um, in the middle of writing a choir piece for a, um, a school system in, in the city where they're like, they're doing like a yearly gala thing and they want me to write their like, they're like, not theme song, but they're like, kind of like their school like empowerment anthem. That's <laughs> so, exciting. Yeah, I was just talking to someone, their choir director about like, how much harmony they can handle and how big the as the choir is yeah and it's fun I love I love writing projects I don't get to too many here and there so it's fun yeah nice well we're going to talk about music and drag and and you so okay. let's start from the beginning where are you from I am originally from well I say I'm from Westchester that's like the easiest way to put it um because that's where I mostly grew up I grew up in Dobbs Ferry it's a small river town up in Westchester but I did live in Inwood with my family. So my family is my mom, dad, and my twin brother. Um, we lived in Inwood when I was really little, really little until I was five. Um, and then I've been back to the city since I was 18 for college. And what, was it, like half and half. what was it like living so close to New York City? It was the best escape because Westchester, to me at least, was very like homogenous and honestly just boring. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't much to do. Um, so as soon as I was like old enough, I would always come down to the city to see theater, hang out with friends, go shopping. Um, and I always liked the city more because like you could be whoever you wanted to be and not so much in Westchester in a small town where everyone sees you every day and knows what you're doing. So, um, yeah, it was always like more about the city than Westchester. <laughs> now being so close to the city, is that how you were exposed to the arts? Yeah. I mean, from a young age, my mom as always, my mom's not a performer, but she's the reason I am a musician. She always loved music. So she put me in music classes growing up. And um, 
would always take me to like just like cultural things she's also cuban so she loves like you know hispanic art so we'd go to like um museo de barrio we'd go to like a flamenco performance we'd go to like many things like that um but also she loves like the opera and like ballet and theater so she talked to my first Broadway show when I was like in middle school and all that stuff but yes um do you know what do you remember what your first Broadway show was oh hell yeah Phantom of the Opera oh the show that was going to close and now it's not going to close the show that's like going to announce closing dates every six months I feel like <laughs> until they run listen it's a marketing ploy if it works it works yeah well I've actually heard because my friend does press for them I've heard that the April date is like the end all be all no matter what um because they're gonna like renovate the theater but um yeah I love Phantom that's my first show I ever saw and I was like obsessed with it growing up since that was my first thing I ever saw so I like listened to all the cast recordings and it's a really fun show to obsess over because it's been around for so long so there's so many different cast versions of it from the world do you have did you have a role that you obsessed over like that's the person I want to be um well you know I was very gay growing up so I was obsessed with Christine of course I the costumes I obsess over the costumes the costumes and the set design um by Maria Bruyantin I love it um and I saw I just saw it like a month or two ago again um and I, I still love the fact that it's the same exact design as it was in mm-hmm. 1986 or 88 for Broadway um and it holds up like the design looks gorgeous even now beautiful yeah, so I, I obviously, you know, I'm a theater person as well. Um, right. I, I once you get into theater, you know how magic works, and then seeing shows, it's not as magical anymore. Course, yeah. Um, I remember going back to seeing it right after college, and me and my friend were just sitting there, and I'm just cracking up watching the body doubles. <laughs> yeah, like people are like yeah. emoting and loving it. I'm cracking up the body doubles. <laughs> I hate that I know how theater works now. Right. Well, what's funny about that is like sometimes I've seen where like the height does not even come close to the real actor. Right. It's so obvious. I'm like, Phantom, you are not five seven. <laughs> where did you yeah, go to also, school? Like, what, what's up? Oh no. Okay, continue what you're saying. Uh, what also kills me about that song is that it's all pre-recorded. It's giving right, right. for your life. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where did you go to school? I uh, so I grew up in Westchester. So like I uh, from kindergarten till high school, I went to Dallas Ferry, all public schools in Dallas Ferry. And then I did my undergrad at City College in Harlem, 137th Street. And then my grad program I did at Teachers College Columbia. So nice. I've been like pretty much local. Was there ever an inkling of saying, hey, you know what, New York, we're gonna take a little break. I'm gonna go somewhere else. There was, and honestly, it just depended on what schools I got into. And it just turned out that like, all the schools that I got into that I I wanted to go to were in New York area. There was one school, I think, down in, I want to say Arizona, maybe, that I got into. But I was like, not about that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And of course, I applied to like, you know, Ivy League schools and stuff. I got waitlisted from one, but didn't work out. Um, So I would have moved for that reason, obviously, if I got to an Ivy League. But um, no, uh, yeah, I ended up staying and I, I loved it because, um, so I have a twin brother and he went to SUNY Purchase. So I was like living like the very like New York City college life where I, I got an apartment and was just like commuting to my classes from my, you know, from living in, in the Heights. And my brother Frank was living on a campus in, at SUNY Purchase. So I would visit him to like experience the dorm life and 
you know, get like fucking ripped and party in a dorm with people. That whole experience. Now, when it comes to your your, your twin, are you similar? Are you different? What what is what twin stereotypes do the two of you hold? We are fraternal, so first of all, we look very different. He is straight. He is married. I am opposite. <laughs> very much. I am gay and single as hell. Um, and growing up, we weren't that similar at all. Actually, like he was always, it's so stereotypical, but he was always like the jock. And I was mm-hmm. always like the band nerd. That was literally a band geek. And then I became a theater nerd. Either way, I had like five friends. Um, so it was very different. Like he was popular. It was cool. He was on the wrestling team. He did soccer and track and all that. Um, I did some sports, but that wasn't really ever my thing thing. My thing was always like, hey, I'm going to go to the cafeteria during lunch with my three friends and we're going to play through the score to Wicked and belt our face off and eat this really interesting food at the same time and talk about musical theater and stuff and like pretend we're in the show and all that stuff. But then growing up, I think by college, we kind of like aligned more and I introduced him to Broadway stuff and he introduced me to like, you know, rock, rock bands and like we would see concerts and I would, he would see Broadway shows with me. So we kind of like, I guess music was like our um, our bridge. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Listen, music brings a lot of people together in ways that we don't realize. Of course. Yeah. Let's talk about the instruments that you can play. Yeah. I have one of my favorite ones right here, actually. Oh, goody. What is it? I had a, I had Castrata over one time for a rehearsal, which I'm, we'll get to later. And she looked over and was like, bitch, what is this? <laughs> this is a rain stick my mom gave me. It's uh-huh, so super. Uh-huh. It's actually illegal to own these anymore because um, this is like an actual one that was made in South America and like the the dried out beans inside apparently are like illegal. You can't, it's like smuggling. But Interesting. Um, it's like, I love it. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. So All right. So besides it. the rain stick, what else can you play? Uh, no, What's I, um, on the resume? No, my, uh, my main instrument, you know what that, uh, my main instrument's piano. I've been playing piano since I was four and uh, I started classical only I was in the classical bubble until I was like 16 17 and around when I started musical theater I was like I love Chopin but I love Steven Schwartz even more um so piano is my main thing but then I was always like a band geek like like I mentioned so I played clarinet growing up which was so cool um and then at a certain point I switched to flute um in like my later high school years and then my flute came piccolo and then like a little saxophone. They're all kind of related. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then in college, I picked up a little ukulele. And then that also helped me pick up some guitar. And then my friend in 2017 gave me an accordion. So I learned that. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty so the only it. family you really haven't conquered is the brass family. Yes. And what's funny is my brother growing up was in band and he was always a trumpet and euphonium player so <laughs> interesting yeah yeah now, i could never really get the embouchure and like the the lip action for that right I tried. <laughs> now when it comes to having your skills as a piano player and then going on to the next instrument in next instrument was it easier to learn or did, because the instruments all have their own unique feelings and and ways to play them that you just kind of had to pick it up and start from the beginning i think like in theory and i really mean that literally like music theory piano is like the best thing to know ever Mm -hmm. because you'll understand how to read music you'll read 
treble bass and uh bass uh, bass clef treble clef and bass clef sorry my phone is like going off my uh my bad judy is my band apparently making plans um so um yeah so you can like read everything with piano which is lovely and uh it's also good for like you know piano can translate to many different things like accordion for instance has keyboard on one side already right. so that's cool um but then there's certain things about piano that make it harder i guess because you're locked into that so like when i first started playing um especially with the ukulele like string instruments the way that those instruments work the notes are just like laid out mm-hmm. in a completely different way a piano is kind of like uh a straight shot of every note in front of you horizontally and then on string instruments it's like a very different way of navigating where to find anything so that was difficult and also like learning how to like use um like frets and like use your fingers in a whole different way sure yeah um, now having music as part of your artistry mm-hmm. are you open to learning new instruments and continuing expanding I your sure repertoire if someone, can, if someone can donate me a cello for free i would love that because that's always been my favorite instrument i think it's so sensual i think it's it sounds like the huge like the male voice it's beautiful yeah it's just i don't know where i'd put it it's really big but um (laughs) it's a beautiful instrument but yeah string instruments like the bows and stuff like i would love someone to like tutor me someone it's giving like phantom of the opera like i'll be christine and you can like bring me down to your lair and there it is goddamn violin so obviously you being in the city you have the exposure to the world of new york nightlife mm-hmm. did you go out often growing up you mean mm-hmm. i did so i um i started going out when i was like 19 20 um at that point i would just like get into places i needed not card so i didn't really go to many clubs like when i was really young because that's obviously always carding moments I would go to like like dive bars and like restaurants and like get drunk with my friends. Um, and then when I turned legal, I really started going out to like bars and clubs and stuff. Um, so when I was 21, I started going to the, I have always loved the West Village. Like to this day, I'm so happy that I work primarily in the West Village because, you know, growing up when I was like first coming out um, and, and, you know, seeing gay nightlife, that's where I really hung out. Um, I always loved, I mean, obviously it comes back to the piano. I loved piano bars. Mm-hmm. I used to always hang out with my friends. We called it the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle, which is Maurice Crisis, Duplex, and Monster. Um, we'd always get like, ooh, fucked up and like sing our asses off all night. Um, but yes, I would go to West Village. And then the first time I ever went to a drag show was, I think I stumbled in by accident, but I went to Boots and Saddle, which is when it was across some Maurice Crisis. It was like on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's the first time I saw like a drag queen. I forget who it was. Um, I just remember the stage being very small and like <laughs> wooden and like, it's like, what is this? It's like- A, a, a hazard. It was an actual yeah. hazard piece. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I used to love um, going out like in that time. And then I also remember I went to a splash a bunch of times. Um, I used to go to Chelsea a lot too because there was stuff going on. Yeah, I used to go to like G Lounge and XES and slash XES especially for some reason I went to a lot. Um, so yeah, out of all that, I guess I could say that Hell's Kitchen was like kind of like my last place I would go to. And it's funny because nowadays that's like the spot. It know, sure is. 
So how did you start getting to play at the piano bars? I, you know, I, I only started playing full-time piano bars since COVID. I did, um, so it's almost like the same as drag in a way, like um, in terms of, I would go to see my friends who did piano bar work. And this is going back to like 2015, 2016. I had a lovely friend named James. He now goes by Paisley Wilson. He's a country gay pop artist. Um, I used to go see him perform all the time, play at Monster. I had another friend named Matt who would go see play at Uncle Charlie's. I had another friend named Kenny who still plays there, but he, he played at Marie's Crisis. So yeah, I'd just like, go visit my friends. And then after a while, like visiting them over and over, you you know develop a rapport with the people, you become like a regular. And then my friend James, you know, started his own like independent music stuff. And then he knew I was a piano player by that point. And then he like asked me to sub in. So it became like a gradual thing of like, oh, James is out of town this month. Let me like come and cover one Saturday for him. Um, and then after that, it became, okay, now uh, people were leaving completely and going on to other things. So then since I knew the managers, um, so at Uncle Charlie's, I knew the manager, I got like a Saturday slot there. So then while I was still a teacher full-time, I was also doing Saturdays, Uncle Charlie's on the weekends. So it, it was like a step-by-step -step thing over like, honestly, like years to even get in. Cause it's a very like, it's a super tight scene. There's a very small sure. amount of people that do piano bar. So it's like, unless someone moves away or dies, like. <laughs> seriously like you look around look at the piano bar average age of the people who are still playing <laughs> it's the so, truth yeah. now when did drag officially enter your life so drag officially entered my life um well on tv it entered my life first when i was in high school watching good old logo on mm -hmm. drag. chanel and all that i remember i always remember chanel's headpiece falling off that was like the burn in my mind seeing that live on tv um yeah, so that was the first time I saw a drag queen, like, ever, ever. But then the first time I saw a drag queen in real life was Boots and Saddle that time. Don't remember who it was. And then I think the next best memory I have is some girl, I don't know who it was, but she was wearing, remember how, like, there used to be, like, shock girls, shock girls used to be at such a thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was a queen at Bartini, which I, I don't know what happened Bartini, just, like, disappeared one day. Um, but like there was a girl at Bartini and she was wearing a dress that was fully like, it looked like a tiered cake, but each tier was just like a circle around her of shots. Oh, wow. I'll never forget that. It was just like a look, but like she was made of like jello shots. <laughs> like work, bitch. I loved it. Um, I've always loved opulence and fashion. And, you know, because I love theater, I've always loved a good costume. And I was like, whoever this girl is, is she's giving. I loved it um yeah the first I don't remember the first name of a performer I guess that I saw I want to say it might have been Britta honestly but um yeah around I was guess I was around 20 28 no wow wow I'm doing math in my head right now I'm like oh my god <laughs> it's a different decade like 2011 2010 whenever I was 21 I think 2010 yeah. What is the origin story of your drag name? The origin story of my drag name, it, well, first of all, it was like, y'all, if you ever start, if you ever I want, wanted to drag, I don't know about you, but I feel like picking a name is like one of the hardest things about drag. Absolutely. It's like so daunting because you have to think to yourself, like, once it's there, I mean, there's some queens that change 
their names, obviously, but that's hard also. Like once it's there, you really need to like develop it and like, you know, lean into it and like figure out what your perspective is. But it all comes down to like, people people need to know your name. Um, so I, I guess I was brainstorming for a long time. And for a while I had like ideas of like a punny name cause I do love a good pun. But then I realized like that my favorite drag queens, I was just thinking to myself, my favorite drag queens, none of them are really puns. Like Valentina's not a pun. Um, I was thinking of Sasha Velour. It's just like things that just roll out the tongue, right? Yeah. Um, so I was thinking of like, okay, so if I'm not gonna do a punny name, what can I do that would be like the things that I wanna represent in drag? And I was thinking, well, definitely music, always. Um, that's gonna be my number one thing. And then I guess I was thinking to like myself, what would be my aesthetic? And then I realized that like, well, if I do like a cosmic thing, first of all, I love like astronomy and astrology. I love ancient Greek um, mythology. I grew up like, I used to like work at a camp and they had like um, a mythology book that I would always read to my kids, like different Greek myths. Um, but I was like, well, how can I like make a name that combines what I want to do aesthetically? So I realized like, well, I want to be like a cosmic queen and I want to like be a musician. So then I like looked up one day, I was like, are there any um, what's the word? constellations that are musical? And then I found this constellation called Lyra, which is a harp. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. It's so pretty. Um, and I was like, what's gonna be my last name? Cause at first I was like, maybe it'll just be Lyra. Cause like a lot of Queens are just like one name Queens, right? Right. Um, but then I realized that the, the brightest star in the constellation, cause I was doing research about it is, is Vega. That's the brightest star. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. Cause I'm also um, a proud mixed Latina queen. And Vega is like a very popular um, Spanish name too. So I was like, perfect. So I can bring my like Latina aesthetic. If you don't know the whole backstory about like why Vega is like the brightest star in the constellation. But then also it's like all has to do with that, that star, that star thing. Um, yeah, so that's- Very serendipitous. Yes, it worked out, thank God. And now it's funny cause I have so many friends that have sent me because like people have like um that like that app on their phone where you can uh -huh. see like in the in real time like what constellations are, are, are around. Lyra is actually right above New York City a lot. <laughs> Apparently, oh, nice. so I've met friends that screenshot their app and like, hey, I see you. Um, <laughs> That's had, cute. Like, it's been above us many times. Yeah. How would you describe Lyra in three words? Okay, musical. Um purple mm -hmm. and trying to think uh, mm, mosaic oh i like that I say that How because long? yeah go ahead I say mosaic because i even though music's always going to be my number one thing i really when i first started drag wanted to and this is why i love drag honestly i wanted to take advantage of how drag really is like the super combination of everything I mean, everything that I love, everything that like, I think every artist loves, you know, visual, auditory, um, it could be like dance, it could be poetry, it could be comedy, it could be singing, it could be songwriting, it could be, it could be whatever the fuck you want it to be. And so I say mosaic because when I first started doing my numbers, I wanted to make sure that every number had a different, like, almost like Pokemon, like a different special attack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like a different thing to show about like my drag like hey this is a comedy mix hey this is like a flute number hey this is like a song i wrote hey it's like a piano vocal note track moment you know so that's why i'd say mosaic 
How long does it take to transform into Lyra? Oh, well, you know what I always say? The more you do something, the better you get at it and the faster you get at it. So when I was first starting, I would take like over two hours just to paint. And then plus everything else, it would probably be like three hours. Now I'm like slapping the shit on. Oh, well, here's a funny secret. And I'm sure other queens do this too. If I'm ever wearing bangs, it's because I was in a rush and nothing's happening above the eyebrows. We have no <laughs> There's the secret. Yes. Um, but uh, now, if I'm wearing bangs especially, ooh, I can get into drag like in a good clean hour from top to bottom. Um, but no, if I'm doing like a full look and like really like doing like a regular, you know, regular run, I guess, like painting hour and 10 is my sweet spot. And plus body and everything else, I would say an hour and a half, I can get in the gig, yes. Do you have any traditions you have when you get ready? Yeah, I have a few actually. Um, I always need music um, when I'm um, when I'm painting. I hate painting in silence because first of all, if you're painting in silence, all you hear is like exactly. I'm like this is weird. Um, I love yeah music and also music always helps me. Maybe you're the same way. I'm, I love a playlist for everything, mm-hmm. like a shower playlist, a cleaning playlist, a sleep playlist, a painting playlist works great too because I can track my time like I know how much how many more songs I have until absolutely I yeah yeah um so I use it for that but um yes I love music while I'm painting anything else traditionally that I do um I'm trying to think I'm like thinking of my process now always and I always do I always like think ahead like what the um looks gonna be because like always like little things have to like coordinate so I'll line I'll like lay stuff out like a color palette um I don't have any like weird traditions I guess I don't know I will say most of the time lately I'm like attached to these shits I'm just like Uh, sucking down Pedialyte yeah it's it's a good shit because these piano bar shifts are long and it's a lot of singing so I want to make sure I'm very hydrated um yeah <laughs> who were who were some of the first people that helped you out on your drag journey first people that helped me out on my drag journey okay there's a long list and it's funny because i keep it in my phone um i always like i've, I've had a running list now of like every um, almost every important person that's helped me in my journey oh, i love that because now this list is very very long um so I have a dear friend, her name's Kat. She lives in LA now, but uh, she used to be my, she was like my pod buddy during quarantine. So she was like one of the three people I saw. She's a fellow singer songwriter, I love her. And she gave me my first pair of heels ever. Nice. And, uh, if Kat, if Kat, if you ever hear this, I'm sorry. I've never worn them still to a gig, but I love them so much. They are not really my ladder drag at all. So I, that's why I don't really wear them, but they're like a hot pink faux leather strappy heel. Oh, cute. Yeah, they're really cute. And it's like a sensible, like three inch heel. Um, but I just never wore them because even my first day out in drag, I wanted to like commit to like purple and black was like always like my thing. Um, but maybe one day I'll wear it if I'm doing like a legally blonde illusion. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so Kat, I love her. She helped me because she gave me my first pair of heels. And there's a voiceover that I use in a lot of my numbers that kind of like illustrates what Lyra is and what it means before I, it goes into the actual song. I use it for like an intro to some numbers. 
and her voice is the one is the one um saying it so i wrote like this voiceover one day i was like the constellation lyra represents da 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 um, blah, blah, blah. it's a whole it's like the whole greek myth in like mm-hmm. um but that's her voice doing it so i love her for that um and then the other two people that i really want to credit for like helping me out are my other friend erica who when i was a full-time music teacher was my best friend at the school she was a dance teacher and so during our p um our breaks our like periods off we would i would sneak up to the dance room which is nice and spacious with the marley and the mirrors and she would give me like heel walking classes because Girl, I could not walk in heels when I first <laughs> I just didn't know how. You know, you got to start somewhere. Absolutely. Same thing with music. Like, I didn't, like, look at a piano one day and just start, like, playing it. Like, you got to start from nothing, basically. And so I, and that's why music taught me such discipline. Like, I was ready to, like, work for a year even before I even going out and drag and being like, okay, I need to learn how to do makeup, um, hair, and, like, at least, like, know my body and costume it. And then, you know, do heels and stuff. So I was like, let's square one. And so Erica helped me learn how to walk in heels, do some like easy choreo, um, some simple turns. She's a dance teacher. So she taught me how to do like a Sinead turn um, and like simple like stretches, whatever, in heels. So yes. And then my first like drag friend that helped me with drag is Miss Andy Starling. I love her mm-hmm. so much. She was the first one to ever put me in drag makeup. And I still have the pictures on my phone and I barely post them because I look very different. Um, <laughs> I, always, I always tell her, that we always, every time I see her, we always talk how I, I owe her um, a face now. So like, I want to paint her and I want her to paint me because she also, she painted me in 2018, long time ago. Um, so our, our paints have developed clearly since then. So every time I see her, we, we, we always make plans, but it never happens because, you know, that's how it is. But um to do like a paint swap on each other that'd like, be fun yeah. well I, I i know that the two of you have uncle charlie's in common i know andy was yes. a, um is very much a big fan of that place but you are known for playing like venues like uncle charlie stonewall albatross of course out on fire island yeah. uh, you, you have a very busy commute every summer almost every freaking day girl that commute. The thing is, though, what made it worth it is that it was for the weekend at a time. So right. it was like once I'm there, I'm there for like you know two or three days, which was good. But yes, that is commute. <laughs> what What is it like to work at these various venues and have um, well, very different clientels per se? Yeah. So um, it is. Well, luckily, I legitimately love when it comes down to like lip syncing or playing live music, I love so many types of music and that gives me kind of like a versatility. And that's something that I value a lot as a performer, um, kind of being able to like read the room because right. if it's like an older crowd, I can do like, I love classics. I love like American songbook. I love, you know, old school jazz. I love, um, I can do some classic rock if I need to. <laughs> but then if it's a younger crowd, you know part of our jobs as drag queens is to be on top of like top 40 and see what's going mm-hmm. on right so i love like new stuff i got requested to play charlie xcx on a grand piano at the monster bar a few weeks ago <laughs> i was like okay work so i was like let me download boys real quick so i was like, playing boys by charlie xcx on a goddamn baldwin i was like i'm so sorry sorry beethoven but we got to do this number real quick for a tip um but yeah i really love a wide range of stuff like and that helps me kind of be flexible um even with my mixes I try to like do things that combine 
different eras or genres sure. or references. So it's like a, you know, something for everybody. Now, obviously, aside from uh, how you get booked, how do you decide whether you're playing a gig in or out of drag? And do you feel like you get treated differently or get different requests depending on who is performing that night? Yeah, so I choose, well, I, uh, so I started doing drag in 2019 and I started by integrating my drag into my piano bar work. Mm -hmm. So that really was like the genesis of me being out in the scene. Cause I knew that like, I could, you know, work the, or not work, I could um, compete in the, you know, the competition circuit and do it that way. But I also felt like if I already have a weekly gig doing piano, why not utilize that already? Sure. And also it's an event only. And so I knew that no one else was gonna, you know, usurp that from me. Um, so from the beginning, that's always been like part of my thing. And what I liked about when I started at Uncle Charlie's was when I, I would play, uh, my sets, but then I would jump up and do like pop-up numbers. So I got to like really try out different things. And that was the newest thing for me is like just doing lip syncing because that's never been my thing until then, like at least performing like in full drag. I mean, I, as as a fellow, you know, gay, I'm sure you can relate to like lip syncing your ass off in your room since, mm -hmm. since the beginning. Like, I love doing that. But it's different when you're in like full drag and like you feel like a kind of self-consciousness about like, how do I look? Like, especially when you're first doing it, like afraid things are gonna fall off, you know, afraid that like your tuck's gonna pop, afraid that your heel's gonna break. But now like, you know, you do it over and over, it's it's fine. Like I perform through lots of like random shit, but at the beginning it feels very like new and kind of like, you're just nervous that something's gonna happen. Um, which by the way, I've never lost a wig to this day. I pride myself on that very much. Congratulations <laughs> on that one. Going. It's been three and a half years. I'm trying, that's like my thing now. I'm like. If you ever see me out in the club and I'm bald headed, you know that I lost the game. I lost. Um, <laughs> that will never be me. Nope, nope, nope. I almost lost one. It was like right here. And then I had to clock her real quick <laughs> after I did a little dip. I was like, oh, no, I feel it. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I, I've always had music and drag part of my thing. Um, I've only done piano bar as a boy nowadays if I'm tired. And that's just Fair. real. I'm tired sometimes. Drag takes a lot of work. And there's some weeks where I'm like doing a marathon of drag. I'm like, today we're just going to take up a day to be marked. <laughs> there it is. COVID was a thing that affected all drag artists. Um, yeah. How were you able to capitalize during the digital age? So, yeah. <laughs> I My drag birthday is March 31st, 2019. That's when I was born. Which means March of 2020 robbed me my fucking first birthday. So mm -hmm. I was very upset about that. I've actually never had an official proper birthday show since then because it just was never a thing, I guess, since I missed my first one. Um, but I, I should maybe do like, maybe I'll do a four year. I should do a four year next next year because that means I graduated drag college four years. There it is. That's perfect. Um, but um, yeah, so I, uh, what was the question? Wait. Oh yeah, COVID. Um, like everyone else, I was thrust into online world. And it's funny because I will always remember March 17th was the first day of lockdown. Two important things about that. March 16th, the day before, I was with Novazar working, no, meeting at a space down in Avenue A. We had literally just secured our first duo brunch, me and Nova. We had never worked together at that point. 
<laughs> we had secured our, our first drag brunch, literally not even had left the building. The manager goes, wait, I'm so sorry. We can't start yet. Apparently we got to close for two weeks. Cut to COVID. Um, so that happened. And then also my boy birthday as Mark is March 18th. Oh, so no. that was the, on the other side of lockdown when it first started, I missed my boy birthday. And then my drag birthday was March 31st. Anyway, so all of March was like just depression. I was, I was like tight. Lots of Tito's was consumed. Loved it. Then I like kind of got my shit together because then I realized, you know, drag queens were the first ones. We were quick yeah. to start making some coin online. So I ordered my good old the ring light. I got, I went down to the fabric um, district, the garment district, and got like a big white fabric piece to use as a backdrop. I designed, I've always loved designing videos. So I designed some projections and I started making up numbers. I just like, was like, all right, this is just going to be like a big rehearsal. At the point I thought like, maybe after a month we'll go back. So I was like, let me just like try to make some stuff, make some numbers. It's my chance to really like hone into my craft. I started learning how to like style wigs. Um, I started ordering stuff online and like customizing it and making a wardrobe happen. And then it just turned into like, okay, I'm committing to like online shows. So like at least like twice a week I was doing like online shows. And my friends were like mad at me because I was like invite spamming the girls, spamming the girls with invites to my goddamn Instagram lives. But um, yeah, it really helped me like develop so many numbers and so many looks and ideas. And yeah, that was COVID. I mean, it ended up being like, remember how it was like two parts? There was like, oh, yeah. one, and then there was the opening. And then we and closed then down first, again. And then I had my first, like, I had my first um, performance back, which was that um, open call with Holly Day. Um, in like late 2020, I want to say it was. And I did like, I uh, performed physical by Dua Lipa. And that was when we still had to wear like the mask things on our face. Sure, the, the clear plastic ones. Yes, yes, yes. And then I guess like within the next like few weeks, we were shut down again and then had to wait till 2021 to perform again. So that was, that was interesting. Yeah, you have been, you've been hitting the ground running ever since lockdown was lifted. Um, what was it like to go back into live performances having a bit of a repertoire that you could incorporate from your digital world? Yeah, so the repertoire was made, which was so great, because then I was like, finally, I get to do this for people. And then I realized really quick that, like, performing online and performing in real life are very different. And I was actually yes. super scared at first, because some of my numbers I had made literally around the idea that, like, you're going to see this much. And, like I, could, like, I could, like, I had, like, literally, like, it was very theater. Like, I had set my props right here off screen. I could use so many things and, like, make a number happen. I had projections going on that I could interact with that helped tell the story. So I really had to like start from square one to like reinvent all my numbers. Um, so at first it was daunting. And then the more you do it, it becomes like natural. Um, yeah, I mean, the piano stuff was fine. It was like, that's what I've done all my life. But like the lip sync numbers, I had to really reconceptualize. And some of them I had to like re redo kind of because like you know when you have to work a space you need more time to be able to like move around mm -hmm. and like get tips and like interact with the crowd and some of my things I just didn't have enough time in the numbers so I had to like re-edit whatever but I also love audio editing so like I just spent like a bunch of time yesterday making um 
a Christmas mix for um, a show coming up at Verse next Monday, which you all should attend. It's a Christmas spectacular. I'm premiering a new number. It's a Mariah Carey tribute, which I love her so much. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of like re revamp. Now I'm going to take a massive jump ahead. There's obviously things that happen in between to get to this moment. But yeah. I think if I'm correct, you're nominated for four Glam Awards? I am, which I forgot to put on the questionnaire last night. Oh, <laughs> girl, I got you on that one. Don't you yeah. worry. But for me, that's kind of exciting because I, I feel like I have seen you um, since your early days. I think the first time I saw you was at with Icon. I think you were yeah. with Chola. Um, and once you whipped out that flute, I was like, okay, th this one's the one to watch. Um, yeah. and that's funny. To she, hired me. she hired me for that gig because I worked with her years before in a musical sense, just like as a piano mm -hmm. player. And she hired me, she was like, I think you finally have enough drag that you can do again. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just remember wrong. being enamored and then cut to four Glam Award nominations. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. What does it feel like to have this recognition right now? It is, I mean, the best word for me is validation. I feel, and this is something I don't say lightly because I really take my craft seriously and, um, I just feel that I've done a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I feel like I, and it goes back to like my, what I said earlier about being a musician that's helped me like really stay disciplined and value taking time to do anything. I really feel like I've put in a lot of work and I know, I know for a fact that I've hustled. I even had like, I literally lost my voice this year. <laughs> that was a thing. Um, I had to like, I was doing a lot of work and like doing a lot of, you know, strain on my voice. Um, but um, yeah, I, uh, it feels so validating. And I say this because being nominated really means that people see you. And that means a lot because the way the nightlife is, most of the people that work nightlife and do what we do, we all can't be at each other's shows all the time. So exactly. to, make, to, be, to feel that not only people see me, but like people have talked about me to other people enough that like enough people know my name and want to reward whatever I've been doing. I, I, feel very validated it feels great yeah do you know what you're going to wear to the awards you know what i have two ideas <laughs> one is buying something completely new um which i know what's what it's going to be either thing's going to be like very much just like big um full-length dress moment which is nice because most of the time i really don't wear like a full-length dress because because like sure. whatever um and then the other one is something I've actually had in my closet over there forever since 2020, but I've never worn it out. So I'm thinking maybe I should bring her out. But she also takes up an entire suitcase, so I'd have to just wear her out for the night and like, it would be a moment. But um, yeah, we'll see. I have an idea. I have ideas. You have a lot of things we're going to talk about, but let's start with this first one. You have a gig with, gig with your good sis Novazar Evers. What's it like to work together after being pals for so long? Well, it's funny. We actually were coworkers before we were friends. Mm -hmm. So I met her all the way back in 2019. Wow. I think it was my second month doing drag. I think it was April 2019. I have to go to my Instagram and archives at some point and see. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was like April 2019, I think. It was a fundraiser event and I saw her sing. I didn't know her at all. I just saw her saying, I was like, bitch, she sounds like a girl. <laughs> I was like, okay, work. Um, 
and then you know rock bar like you go behind the bar to go downstairs mm-hmm. to the dressing room so i was down there changing and then we like met officially and i complimented her and i was like hey like i'm, I'm a musician by the way if you ever need a piano player you're a great singer let me know then cut to COVID happening i saw that she was doing online shows here and there so then i hit her up i was like hey i don't we, we really don't know each other like that but like i would love to maybe collaborate here and there online we have time now but if you want to like do a little project like a piano vocal moment let me know then that turned into like a weekly online show together. And then we kind of like became friends on the screen together doing that. So it wasn't really till like, um, we worked at a, oh, rest in peace, Headroom Lounge one time <laughs> in 2021, last, I guess, almost two years ago, um, that we were like in person, feeling like we're friends. We were actually kicking backstage together. Um, yeah. And then this year we just like become like total dear friends, great friends, very close friends, um, because we work so much together now. Um, But um, also we have like, I think a really similar mindset in terms of like the grind and like being really focused and passionate about what we do and professional. And also I think we both bring a sense of like, hey, we are trained in a certain area before we even started doing drag and we take our craft seriously. And that's trickled into everything we do with drag, like aesthetically, um, professionally, like how you like, you know, work with other people in spaces and um, yeah, but I, I love her. I love her so much. And we're also nominated together. So you are now as, as two strong musical forces, how do you combine your talents to become one cohesive unit? Um, I will say that our musical taste and she knows this is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think where we overlap is that musical theater world. But even there, like, I'm so much more pop and she's so much more, like, theater, theater, like, whereas I like, well, she likes Steven Schwartz, I guess, so that counts for something. But, like, I really love, like, outside musical theater, I love, like, I love, like, Whitney, Mariah, Tony Braxton, um, anything produced by Dark Child, Lady Gaga, um, Dua Lipa, like, all just the girls, you know? Um, And she's very much just, like, She's more so very like Eden Espinosa, Jessica Vosk, um, musical theater, musical theater singers, yeah. you know? So finding a middle ground there is kind of like always the trick, I guess. Um, but uh, we, I guess, yeah, musical theater is our is our bridge, just like I mentioned earlier, bridges, but um, that's our bridge, musical theater. Are there um, any musical theater duets that you haven't tackled together yet that is on your eventual to-do list well, i always say this like we called our show we call our show at verse uh top uh, we call our show at verse verse in her chorus and i always say this is a really verse show because she is such a top and i'm such a bottom because she's singing all the way up there and i am <laughs> right. there money um so we are verse together we're giving you the best of both worlds um so there's very i guess the only duets that we really do are like man woman duets because she's always like woman and I'm always mm-hmm. different man <laughs> in the vocal. Have you have you done Phantom of the Opera? We have not actually. I don't there think she is. has that, that really high soprano stuff, but I can ask her. I'm gonna see her very soon. So I, I should ask her. Yeah. That'd be fun. Now you were part of the Smirnoff campaign. I voted for you. Thank How did you. this come you to be? And why is it important for a company like Smirnoff to not only target, but feature drag artists in a campaign? Oh my God, you sound like them. They've had so many questions like this for me. Um, 
Well, first of all, I was found literally just through a random corporate email. And at first I thought it was a scam. So the first <laughs> thing I did, I was like, oh, hello. Thank you so much for this, uh, for thinking of me. Could you let me know when you're free for a phone call? Because I was like, let me get these people on the phone. I need to know what's, what's, what's tea, like what's going on? Because I thought it was a scam because I get promotional whatever's sure. pretty often. Like people are like saying X, Y, and Z. Like, so I was like, let me make sure this is real, first of all. Um, so then I had a phone call with this person. And then through all that, there were so many details and like whatever and like confidential whatever's. I was like, oh shit, this is real, I guess. Huh? Cool. Because um, I've never been asked to be on a platform that big before. Uh, so yeah, but it was literally just an email, just an email, which turned into like the longest email thread I've ever had. There were so many things. It's like, once you do like corporate stuff like that, I guess like there are so many things, so many layers of contracts and like people to think, like things to mail and sign and oh my God, but it was great. I loved it and it's still going. So yay. <laughs> so what are the next steps? What, what can the listeners look out for? Yeah, so um, last summer I was in LA. There were six of us girls chosen to be flown there to compete. Um, it's to be the next ambassador for Smirnoff in a nationwide campaign for a year, along with a lovely 50K cash prize. So yay that. Um, there are, so out of the six girls that competed in LA, two were chosen as finalists. I was one of them. They did the same event, like a sister campaign in Austin with six other girls. Two of those girls are also finalists. So there's going to be a top four final, final event in New York City next year coming up. I think it's going to be in May. Mm -hmm. It's going to be an in-person event, which is lovely for me because I had all of, I mean, I had some friends, but not many friends out in LA to come support me for that one, um, which is nice because if you go in person, you can also vote for me right there at the event instead of oh, perfect. having to be online. But um, yes, there's going to be four of us competing in a final like lip sync off in may here in new york city and it's a live event so i actually have people and connections here so i can't wait to invite you all to be there in real life um last time it was a brunch event so i don't know it might be a brunch event again uh this time too i don't know they haven't given me the exact details yet but um yeah it'll be here in new york in may sometime please 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 follow me online i will be <coughs> surely flooding the airwaves with info like i was doing last time because i am shameless i will be plugging that shit every damn day <laughs> As you should. Yes. Now you weren't really ever a competition queen um, as you were no, starting no, out. I was just not playing this to someone the other day, yeah. But there's something about Miss Fire Island that's going to get you going. Yeah, so it's weird. I, like I mentioned earlier, my, my, my birth and like my early drag was never in the competition scene, which I kind of regret in a way because I would have met a lot of people a lot faster that way, but, but it is what it is. Sure. Um, yeah, the only comp competition I'd ever done was Open Call, which is very low-key <laughs> compared to Miss Fire Island. Um, yeah, so I work on Fire Island in the Pines in the summers. Well, knock on wood, hopefully I have a third season coming up because um, everything's in flux. That's a whole other story. Everything's in flux in Fire Island right now. Um, but um, yeah, so I was there the last two seasons performing my piano bar show every weekend. On top of that, I was guesting here and there with Ariel and Brenda for the pool show, and that's how I got into like the uh, Cherry Grove scene. And then um, after doing a few pool shows, Miss Ariel Sinclair just asked me one day, like, hey, you submitting? Which by the way, I love her voice. It's so gruff. It's like, hey, Lyra, you submitting? I'm like, oh, um, I don't know. Should I? She's like, yeah, bitch, you should. Um, I was like, okay, cool. 
so I like the week of <laughs> the week of I like submitted for entertainer of the year and uh yeah it was my first time doing anything like that and it was so fun it was so much fun the, I first of all I did entertainer of the year because I thought I had a, a, a better chance of winning it because I knew that last year 2021 there were two people in the category so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, great. Maybe if I just submit this year, I'll have a good shot. Cuts to this year, 11 girls. Oop. God damn it. Um, but I was like, no, no matter what, it's gonna be fun. I've never done this event. It's gonna be cool. I get to see how it goes, etc. So I did my, um, it's like been my like my holy grail number always because that's how I like got where I got in my Smirnoff campaign. And now I did it at um, Entertainment of the Year, my Britney Spears mix. So I did that. It was so much fun. It was great. I can't say too much. I didn't um, place or get. Um, I didn't win, um, but I, I there was a, I got like some insider or whatever, and I did. Out of eleven girls, I did really well, and I was really happy about that because I was just me, no dancers, no really just like me doing a number, and also first time doing it. I was very happy. So. I am looking forward to definitely doing it next year. What and, did you uh, learn about yourself and the pageant world doing this first pageant? What can you take away from that time into your next I venture? Learned, ooh, I learned to center yourself like in any little moment you can because it is just pop, 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 pop so fast. So many things happening. So I learned to just like, anytime I had a moment where it was just me or even if it was not just me, Cause most of the time it's like, you're standing there and like, there's 10,000 things happening. There's girls flying mm-hmm. around, assistants flying around, whatever. Whenever you have a chance to just center yourself and find your grounding, like that's for me, really important. Absolutely. Um, Cause it's really easy to get swept up in like, oh my God, anxiety, anxiety. There's so many things happening. We have to be here at this point. Okay. I'm running late, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, just like, whew, center yourself, take a moment. Yeah. We're going to play a game. It's called this or that. <laughs> I'm going to give you two options and you got to pick one. How fun. Rest in, by the way, that reminds me of that bar in, um, that gay bar in Williamsburg. Rest in peace. TNT. So many rest in peace bars in New York the past know, three right? years. But hey, we've gotten so many new ones that it kind of makes up for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. First off, bus or train? Train. Tea or coffee? Tea. Coffee does not end well. <laughs> Wine or beer? <laughs> Come on, right? Wine and beer. No, um, no, let's do wine. Vanilla or kinky? Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna go ice cream flavors and you said vanilla. Damn. Um, kinky. Roxy or Velma? Velma. Linda or Alphaba? Alphaba. Sondheim or Schwartz? I love both Stevens so much, but Sondheim is my man. Yes. Candor and Ebb or Pasek and Paul? Oof, don't hate me. I really don't enjoy either as much as a lot of other composers, but Kendra and Ebb, the classics. Tyra Banks or Heidi Klum? Mm. I'm going to say <laughs> just because she's fucking ridiculous. Tyra Banks. <laughs> Plankton or Squidward? Ah, ooh, Squidward. Mood. Patrick or Sandy? Sandy. Piano or flute? Piano. Whitney or Mariah? I hate you. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't choose. I cannot choose. I, I, I abstain. This is a very Mariah way of answering a question. What do you think? Sure is. 
Sure is. Well, speaking no, of they're tied. Speaking of music, we're gonna go behind the music and find out what your signature number is and how it became your signature number. Um, I have a feeling you're gonna say it's your Britney number. It sure is. Yeah. Why is it such a hit for you and for audiences? Um, for me, it's a hit because I I always say this on the mic when I'm introducing it. I credit Britney Spears for being someone that's personally responsible for making me gay. Like it's her fault. And I love it. Um, I start with Lucky because I have a specific memory of being on, on the school elementary school in here for the first time. And I love that song. Um, there's also a video, and it's so funny. <laughs> uh, my dear friend Castrata, she sent me this video the other day, but it's been around for like ever. It's a video of like the music majors like standing in a hallway singing Toxic. So it starts like clarinet going like boom, 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 boom. And then the violin player going like doo, 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 And then like an opera singing going like too high. Um, it's amazing. Um, but that inspired me to put the flute in my Britney number too. Um, it's just my number that I feel like combines like just like numbers and songs that everyone fucking loves that are gay as hell Britney Spears of course with like my musical ability and also like I, I can do a little death drop in there so it's combining like different things that every moment of the song has something that I think is exciting about my drag yeah when you create mixes what is the synthesis how do you find your inspiration do you use the song first is it a theme is it a sound clip how does Lyra create a mix for me it's pretty much always a song first and then in the song you can hear at least for me I hear in the lyrics certain things that I'm like oh that can reference something else Mm -hmm. um so like for instance um what's an example I have like a self-help mix I guess and um what's up yeah (laughs) I love Chris Crocker uh-huh, of course, Great naturally. And there's um, there's a line in this monologue. I guess it's the other way around, but like, yeah, it's really jumping off of like one thing, but usually it's a song first. I guess in this example, I, I found this Chris Crocker monologue, but um, yeah, there's a, there's a monologue he talks about and there's like, a, it's about dick pics. And mm-hmm. he's like, you've seen one, you've seen a hundred. And I was like, oh my God, I can, to- that brings me to like Lady Gaga. There should be a hundred <laughs> in the room. But then I re-recorded the word people as dicks. And yeah. I tried to like match your voice. And so it sounds like there's a hundred, there could be a hundred dicks in the room, but only one believes in you. Um, so stuff like that, like just like little things where you like, your, your mind just goes somewhere else based on a reference. Absolutely. But most of the time, most of the time it's songs. Like I just mentioned earlier, I, I made a new Mariah Carey mix this week. And that started definitely with just like, what songs by her could I do that are Christmas songs that aren't all I want for fucking Christmas is you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that are also like fun to lip sync because if you think about it she really doesn't have many up tempos just in general nope or at least up tempos that people know um because she has a few that i love but not only, only lambs would know like to be around you were like now that i know um but um so i was like and that's and like christmas up tempos especially so like what christmas up tempos that she had that people would know so i like had a very small selection so i was like we're doing this for sure yeah drag roulettes they're a staple at drag shows what songs or artists do you want to hear more of i want to hear more 90s Mm -hmm. period i i think that um 
people don't do Tony Braxton enough. And when they do, it's always fucking unbreak my heart. Of course. Which I get, but like, justice for he wasn't man enough. That's my song. Okay. Um, what other artists do I not hear enough of? I mean, there's like so many like more obscure artists that I'd love. I would love like a Lisa Fisher moment. If you know her, her vocals are insane. Um, I would love more Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I also think like I would just early 2000s stuff. There's so much in there you could use too that people don't really do. Like a Maya moment, maybe. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or um, other 2000s stuff. Oh, what's her name? Samantha Moomba. Oh my god. Oh my god, that's a throwback. That would be fun. Now when it. The way that, like, any song that has, like, cool rhythms in it, I love, you know? And her, the way that her songs are produced, like, have that kind of stuff, yeah. Oh, also Agnes. I would love some more Agnes. So when it comes to your piano bar gigs, Mm -hmm. what would you like to share with the audience right now and say, stop requesting it? I'm not doing it anymore. Oh, here we go. Hold on. This song right here. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um. <laughs> if you want that song it'll be 20 dollars, please Tw- all right least. piano man 20 bucks you know what that is a fair deal that is an absolutely fair deal my least favorite is when i'm in fucking drag and i have to sing piano man <laughs> I mean, there's time you can. I'm sure you can make a parody if you wanted to. Yeah, but I really don't even like the song that much enough. That's fair. Time and devote energy to it. (laughs) I really don't like that song. Well, music is universal. It brings people together and helps give us a little insight on a person. In this game, we are going to create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtrack to your life. Welcome to Lyra's ultimate playlist. So I'm going to give you a prompt, and you are going to tell me which song fits it. Okay. First off, a song that reminds you of your first love. Oh, this is so cheesy. <laughs> Meadowlark. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm here for it. Because when we broke up, that song, oh, my God, it's so gang theatery, but that song, I literally just like lying in bed face down, crying into my pillow. <laughs> it's all about like losing this, this bird that flies away. Anyway, yeah. A song that reminds you of high school. Oh, um, Taylor Swift's love story because my friends made me ask out my boyfriend at the time to prom. And while I did it, I was in front of his doorstep doing it. They were blasting love story by Taylor Swift from their car, but the, the doors open. So it was like the background music. Yeah. A song that reminds you of your best friend. Oh, um, I'm going to say. A song I wrote, actually, I'm going to say, um, let's see, what, what can I choose? Well, this is for my friend Bethany. She lives in Texas now, but um, she's uh, someone that I've written songs with. And um, I would say, what's wrong with me? <laughs> That's a song that I A song that reminds you of Fire Island. <laughs> I have a video, I love it so much, of Miss Michelle Dowdy, because this cracked me up so much when I first heard it, this song. There's a Miss Fire Island theme song. It's just called Miss Fire Island. <laughs> um, it goes like, Miss Fire Island, 
is coming your way. Miss Fire Island is totally gay. <laughs> That's a yeah, whole song. Out. Checks yeah, out. Fire Island theme song. <laughs> a song you listen to in order to relax. Oh, there's a few, but I would say Petals by Mariah Carey. A song that reminds you of your favorite vacation. Ooh, I think my favorite vacation. There, all right, there's two options, actually. I'm going to say both. Either Girl from Ipanema, which reminds mm-hmm. me of going to Rio, or I love Spain. I've been to Spain many times. Acereje by Las Cacha. There it <laughs> is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> A song that reminds you of your happiest moment. That's hard. I don't know what my happiest moment is. Let me think. What is my happiest moment? Hmm. I'm going to say just the one that comes to mind would be Welcome to the 60s because one of my happiest moments was seeing the closing performance of Hairspray on Broadway. The, oh, the nice. The joy I felt seeing that was insane. A song from your favorite musical. Okay. Kiss Me from Sweeney Todd. Ooh. And and song that made you who you are. A song that made me who I am. There's so many. I'm going to say two. They're very different. One would be an orchestral piece because that's how I learned how to orchestrate and like mm-hmm. really write. And that would be Scheherazade by Rimsky Korsakoff. It's a romantic era symphony piece symphonic piece um and then i would say all the men i need by whitney houston all right, just nice. got me into whitney and whitney got me, got me into many other things but yeah i love that so music and drag come together for you in some very magical ways whether it's music directing for castrata's muse playing mm-hmm. for the incomparable eight of ox or bringing your drag band the bad judies to life mm-hmm. why is it important for those worlds to intersect in your art well, I can't imagine a world where they don't like that is my that's my craft it's like the same thing if like you had a dancer and you said hey you can do drag but you can't dance anymore <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. what you do I mean I can't imagine not doing you know what I do um yeah I mean and music's always been like no matter what and I always say this like it's always been when I had no words the way that I could communicate to people because I've always been a very shy person and very like to myself and music really helped me open up and save my my life in many ways in terms of like being able to feel like I'm living and feeling for yeah for all my life since I was very little let's talk about the bad Judy's how did this (laughs) project come to be you know so Wesley and Worship my two lovely bandmates um they uh, were working together for, I think, over a year before I was involved. And one day, and maybe I can find it on Instagram. Maybe it's still there. I don't know. One day I just got an Instagram DM from Worship, I think it was, saying, hey, we see what you're doing. We love it. Would you be interested in collaborating? And I was like, sure. What do you? And I was like, I didn't know them. So I was like looking them up. I was like, oh, wow, you're fierce. Come on, singers. Come on, drummer. And they were like, yeah, we want to make a band. Or we have a band. It's us too. But like, we want to add you know, more. So it was really just a DM on Instagram that turned to a friendship and to a collaboration. Um, yeah, and when we first started, we were just doing stuff on Long Island and now we are around the city. We got, um, speaking of plugging shows, we're doing a show next Tuesday at the Stonewall at seven. 
think it is seven. Yeah. So if you're interested, be there. Yeah. Do you have aspirations to tour as a group? We have discussed. Yes, we. Uh, it's it's really just a timing and logistical thing, but we want to. Yes. Um, especially because I feel like what we do is very much like a unique commodity that people would want to see. Absolutely. For those who haven't seen a Bad Judy show, what kind of music can we expect? Sickening, kind of awesome, live. That's the big word, live um, music. But yes, no, it's really like pop covers, mm -hmm. some more R&B stuff, but really pop. But like also we have arranged things in different ways. So it's not just like point blank a cover cover. Like we put some work and time into like doing it our way. Like Ariana Grande, like Lizzo, like Beyonce, like Crystal Waters, like um, we've done- The gay Bayonne. shit. Yeah, girl, gay shit. There's okay. the first album, the gay shit. <laughs> right, right, right. So you worked with Castrata on her show Muse. What was that collaboration process like? Oh my God, that collaboration process was so easy. She came over for our first like, meeting um, to like figure out music stuff, to like just like kick off whatever. And from that first meeting alone, I knew like, this is gonna be fucking great. Every song she picked, I literally was obsessed with. There were many songs that I knew already, so that was easy. And there were many songs I had never heard, but as soon as she played them, I was like, this is great. Like there was this Imogene Heap uh, song that I didn't know um, called Good Night and Go. I loved it, it was beautiful. Um, there was, what else was this I didn't know? There was a song by um, Sarah Bareilles called Many of the Miles. I didn't know it, mm -hmm. but like it was really easy working with her just from the jump because all the music I loved. And of course she had Mariah in there too because she loves Mariah Carey. In fact, who's the bigger who's the bigger lamb, you or her? I know Shade Castrata, but I think I am. She's told me before, she's told me. <laughs> um, I think I am. Cause I really can reference um, random performances. I really feel like I've listened to every performance known to man that we have so far. There's many that I wish we had released, but in due time. But um, I'm also seeing Mariah in concert with Castrata next week. So we can- uh, we That's can exciting. Yeah. Are you going to go and drag? You know what? Probably not. <laughs> we'll see. If she's doing it, maybe I'll join. But- um, You sure. want to enjoy it. You want to sit there and enjoy it. Exactly. And not be in pain. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so she made it super easy. And then like, she also, it was fun because like, I, don't, I have not gotten to arrange for band stuff in a minute. So we got to arrange for like a six piece band and that was really cool. Yeah, it was like super fun and it went over really well. It was a sold out house. So hopefully we'll be doing it again. You know? That's amazing. So you're the show's gonna happen again. Do you think there will be other iterations, other um, themed shows for Castrata and you to work on? Yes, yeah. And uh, we're, we'll, I'm sure we'll be discussing, but yes, for sure. Now, Ada Vox, who is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. I remember watching her on American Idol and screaming that she was eliminated. Um, I got to officially meet her at DragCon LA, and I told her all of this, but she knew all of it already. Mm -hmm. What was it like getting to um, be in, just be in her presence and, and not only witness her, and now you get to work with her? Like, yeah, Tell us well, all I, about I, it. I played for her in August, actually, already mm -hmm. in Fire Island. Um, I will say that she is just a force of nature. 
there's very few people. And no shade, I love everyone, I do. I do, I love everyone. But there's very few people as a musician that I'm intimidated by behind the piano because I know mm -hmm. I'm good at piano. I know I'm a good musician. I'm very confident in that. But there's very few people <coughs> that I feel intimidated, I'm scared for even the smallest little mistake because she's someone that I just can tell and like the way she works um, has such a fine-tuned ear and I respect it so much. She hears everything, the way she navigates through songs. Um, she does something that I really love and not, I wish more singers did and that's working through negative space, being like, where can the song breathe? Where can it fill the room? Mm -hmm. Where can I phrase this so that I'm pulling in sometimes? It's like, it's like really shaping a song. Not, a lot of singers like throw everything at the wall and kind of like just like sing, 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 like do it all and it's great. But um, sometimes pulling back is so powerful because it gives the song ups and downs. And I, I could talk about like song interpretation for a while about and her, but like, I'll just say that like, I did an hour long soundtrack with her in August when we worked together. And that was so fulfilling. Like some people you're just so locked in in the moment with, and she's one of them that once she starts singing and you're there listening to it and I'm playing for her, and you're right there next to her, and she sounds exactly, if not better than on TV. Yeah. Um, you're just in there. You're just like, whew, like tunnel vision. Like you're just in that space and that experience was really cool. Yeah, she so, should have uh, won. Really she should have won Queen of the Universe. I'm still, I'll still I say agree. it. I still say I it. I agree. I agree. Listen, but I will say, yeah, like I mentioned, if you want to see her, we, um, I haven't posted anything yet, but we just got told that we were postponed. We were going to do this upcoming next Saturday the 17th, but Red Eye's not ready yet. Their venue's still um, working out some tech stuff. So look out for another date, hopefully in the new year. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Well, if you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price, but each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more, and we are going to play the Cameo Ooh. Game Show Drag Race Edition. Oh, fun. Okay. All right. Who costs more, Alyssa Hunter or Alexis Mateo? I I would guess Alexis Mateo. Person. It is. She is $50. Alyssa is $45. Oh, Next look. is Kylie Sonique Love or Nikki Doll. Ooh, I would say Kylie. That's correct. She's $150. Nikki is $100. Mm -hmm. Aiden Zane or Dusty Ray Bottoms? Ooh, this is tricky. Um, I would guess Aiden Zane. It is. She is $50. Dusty Ray is $45. Next up, Darian Lake or Mrs. Kasha Davis? Hmm. Ooh, I love both of them so much. Oh, by the way, speaking of Darian Lake, I was just reminded of how much I love RuPaul's way of introing her. Jump into the refreshing waters of Darian Lake. <laughs> anyway, um, I would say Mrs. Kasha Davis. It's Darian Lake. She is $74. It is a steal right now. $25 for Mrs. Kasha Davis. Go get a cameo, people. Wow. Because okay. uh, it's probably going to go up soon. Just saying, not that I know anything. I heard, I heard uh, that too. Yep. <laughs> James Mansfield or Pandora Box? James Mansfield. <laughs> That's correct. $100, Pandora 75. Jasmine Kennedy or Jasmine Masters? Jasmine Masters. It's Jasmine Kennedy. $75, Jasmine Masters is 40 Really? 
Um, Heidi in Closet or Candy Muse? I would guess Candy Muse. It is Candy. So Heidi in Closet right now is 150. When I got these ready for our game, Candy Muse is currently at 999. Well, what? $999 for a Candy Muse cameo. No way. I want an in-person meet and greet for that price. The fuck? (laughs) Oh my God. Brooklyn Heights or Mo Hart? Brooklyn Heights. No, it's Mo Hart. Mo Hart 119, Brooklyn at 100. Jade Sotomayor or Maddie Morphosis? Um, wow, what random <laughs> different queens. Uh, I'm going to guess Maddie. It is Maddie. Maddie at 49, Jade at 25. Next, we have Chad Michaels or Derek Berry. Derek Berry. That's correct. She is 100, Chad at 75. Diabetti or Crystal? Crystal Method. Hmm. I'm going to guess Diabetti just because she's newer. It's actually Crystal Method at 150. Diabetti is at 85. Ooh. Wow. Nina West or Tamisha Amon? Tamisha Amon. It's actually Nina West, $100. Tamisha is at mm-hmm. 60. And how much can you get an Ada Vox cameo for? Hmm. I'm going to guess 60. She's at 100. Well worth it. Go get one, friends. She she deserves it. I love it. Truly, she does. Is drag political? I mean, Britta Filter's at the White House right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I think it's uh, inherently political. I mean, it's such a cliche answer, but it's true. I think now more than ever, it's political because apparently we are groomers, we are child molesters, and uh, we are criminals. So, you know, people are making political on both sides. And apparently, um, yeah, we need to make sure that we, uh, you know, fight for our, you know, our right to perform and our craft because what we do is not criminal. It's, that's crazy that's happening right now. How important is social media in nightlife? Um, I would say it is like at an 8.5 out of 10. So very important, but not fully encompassing. There's lots Does of it drive you crazy? Have... Like it drives me crazy. What do you mean it drives like what in what way? Does it drive you just crazy? the just having to have a social media presence unless or you just disappear. You know what? It doesn't drive me crazy per se. Um I mean, also that reminds me, I haven't posted on Instagram in like literally like weeks, um, which I needed to do. Um, but uh, it is, I think the most daunting thing is that you have to like promote your stuff all the time and that gets tiring. Absolutely. Yeah. What makes New York nightlife special? The diversity. There's so much happening. And I don't just mean like racially, ethnic, you know, ethnicity wise. Oh, that's a big part of it, of course, too. But I think just the depth and the bra- the the breadth of talent is so different. Like you could see in one night alone, if you like stay in like, let's say you're gonna stay in Hell's Kitchen, you could see like a bingo show, then go to, to like a fundraiser and then like a night of a thousand Celine Dion's. Like yeah. lovely, um, which I love. It's so entertaining and it's free. So that reminds me, it's a free show. So make sure you tip your queen and honeys. That's the team. 
There's no cover for these things. <laughs> drag is mainstream. Drag is out there. Obviously, biggest news in the past couple of weeks is Drag Race is now on MTV. Where do yeah. you see the state of drag in five years? Well, drag or drag race? Because drag. drag race, I think, is going to... I mean, I'm at a point personally where with drag race on TV, I'm not watching everything anymore. I just don't have time to catch up with everything. Mm-hmm. I'm very much giving all stars us uk that's what i got oh and canada but um with drag i think in five years i I, i'm a little worried honestly just because i feel like even now there's just so much of it in the city that it is i don't know it's hard to it's almost like we got to find new venues at this point because there's no if you want to like keep like get new slots it's very hard to to get that so like a new weekly show or whatever so i i'm a little worried about the the pure volume of it but uh we'll see i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a time for innovation i'm excited to see what new ways i would love to see a new queen come in that does something we haven't ever seen before that's what makes you excited yeah we're going to play everybody's favorite game. It is time for tea time where you're going to spill some tea on some of your favorite sisters, friends, colleagues, people you took a photo with, people you're nominated with, okay. people you love, maybe some people you hate. I don't know. We're going to find out. Are you ready? Sure. All right. Let's start off with Andy Starling. Aww. I, all right. One of the funniest things I've ever seen Andy do <laughs> See, I never wear nails because I, I literally can't. And right. I tried, even painting them, it's like, I do one, like, glissando on the piano like this. Like this. Mm-hmm. Nails are off. Like, painting them, is just, it wastes more time than it's worth for me. Um, but Andy is very big into nails. And uh, I remember, like, we took a selfie together at one point. <laughs> she posted it online. And I looked, and I was like, Andy, what the fuck is that? She photoshopped individual nails on each finger. Oh my god! We were like, we took a picture together. And she's like holding me like like this, and we, like you see her nail. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Photoshop nails. <laughs> I love it, but I love Andy Starling. Andy's been one of my biggest supporters and friends, and I see I see her all the time around the piano bar scene. She was at Monster with me a few, like maybe last week even. Yeah, love her. Next up, Avita Loca. Oh my God. Well, I, w- I was just her substitute last week at Hush. That was fun. Evita, I will say, has one of the best voices in drag right now in the city. And I don't understand. I mean, maybe people hear it. I hear it. I think she's great. You've seen her perform, right? I haven't actually. I haven't been oh able to see God. her perform she's live. That's a good vocalist. I fucking live. And um, what I will say is that Speaking of social media, her TikTok game is unrelenting. She will be posting a TikTok every damn day, if not multiple. And it's always the jump into the shoe for me. That's her her go-to transition. I don't know if you've seen her TikTok, but it's always that transition. Um, Yeah, she's much better. I will say this. She's much better at TikTok than I am. She updates all the time. So I see her. If I don't see her in real life, I see her on my my good old screen every day. Next, we have Jada Valenciaga. 
oh my goodness. So I've only worked with her in uh, a specific capacity and that was doing Wicked twice now at the Monster Bar. She's Glindish, I was Elphaba. She is, first of all, real sergeant. She takes no shit from anyone, which I respect. Also a little scary, but I respect it. Um, she's very talented. She's a girl that really can do it all. She sews her costumes. She does her hair. She can sing, she can dance, she can act. She really does it all. And yeah. one of my favorite shows that she used to do that is no longer sadly, um, was at the queue and she had a live band. It was um, like Lady Sings the Blues, I think, or something mm -hmm. like that. But it was a live band, it was so fun. And she would always end with a, a live version of um, No Place, um, No Place I'd Rather Be, whatever that song is. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, No Place I'd Rather Be, beautiful. Um, yeah, working with her, a dream. And one of, one of my favorite things about her is that she'll be stupid on stage. I saw her one time, like, do uh, like a church lady moment on stage with like a, like a, like an old lady white wig. She was doing high kicks, pretending to <laughs> tambourine. She was doing high kicks, holding it like this. That's into crazy. the tambourine, I'll just hold it. <laughs> Made me laugh so hard. Talent. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Next up, you did a gig with her. Now she's on the drag race, Robin Fierce. Oh, I've actually done several with her. Um, well, not several, maybe two. Maybe three, I forget. Two or three. Um, I love her. No, I've definitely done at least three. No, I've done Paradise. We did a private gig, and then we did a brunch together. Anyway, yeah, I think she's incredible. I've always had since we first met. I think she's stunning. She, um, She's like a quiet diva, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, there's some girls that are in your face, like, I'm the shit. And honestly, like, I'm the same way. Like, I think that if you're not the shit in your own mind as a drag queen, then why are you here? Of course, you should be your biggest fan. Absolutely. Like, yes. But she's very much just like, um, she reminds me of Mariah Carey. She's also a fellow lamb, by the way. So when we were painting at Paradise, we were blasting Mariah Carey and singing together. It was great. Oh, I love that. Um, yes. And fun fact, I was the first person she's ever played uh, who's ever played live piano for her at a gig? We were doing a private event at someone's mansion, literally a mansion. And they had, of course, as rich people do, had a grand piano in the lobby. So I was, I sat down, I was like, let's go play. I just, we uh, sang Alicia Keys together. Um, oh, nice. She's a great voice. Um, but afterwards, she told me, like, she's never sung with a piano before. She only does karaoke tracks. So I was like, work, love it. But yes, I think she's. Uh, a quiet diva in the way that I know that she thinks she's a shit, this tell, but she's always very demure and polite about it. Just like, huh, I don't know, diva, what do you think? I know I'm gorgeous, but what about you? <laughs> I'm like, here for that. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very that. <laughs> uh, next one is someone who is absolutely always 100% in your face, Chola Spears. Oh my God, I fucking love Chola. And she gave me one of my first ever guest spots, which you were at. So I owe her that always. She is hilarious. Her Facebook updates alone crack me up. <laughs> and her love for Britney Spears is undying. I love it. Um, she's someone that I love working with. In fact, I got her to be one of my guests for um, my last invasion at Stonewall because I just wanted to pay back the favor, of course, of her having me, but also be around her because she's funny. She's fun. Yeah. And she also, back in the day, gave me a lot of... Um, 
really good rock uh, rock songs um, to use for uh, numbers because I had requested that online during COVID. Nice. Next, we got Bella Noche. Yes, Bella Noche I met at my first ever time at Rock Bar, which is also when I met Novazar. She is a doll. I've only worked with her once, which was at my invasion. Actually, no. Yeah, once officially at my last invasion. She's a sweetheart. I think that her drag is very much put it all on drag, where it's mm-hmm. like, you're getting drag, honey. You're getting colors. You're getting volume and shape, um, which I respect a lot. Um, yeah, she's a sweetheart. And easy to work, also easy to work with and low-key, like, a little like not shady but like she's got opinions and i love it and she sure does have opinions there was i did a podcast with her once and i almost was like i'm kicking you off i don't agree with your opinion yeah i'm very passionate about disney that's all i'll say Uh (laughs) next up scrawberry fields she is a doll um she just won polish the queen last week i heard no nice she is someone that makes me laugh she is a dear friend um, that is someone that I can always like pick up with no matter when, like if I see her out and about. Um, what her and I always laugh about is I can quote Wendy Williams so much. I love quoting <laughs> Wendy Williams and we love quoting it together. I love it. <laughs> so much fun. Um, that and also, we also love quoting Flavor of Love. Oh, nice, I nice. grew up loving Flavor of Love. What a fun fact. Next, Susia. Susia, oh my God, she's been through a lot this year, honey. She is a doll. She is one of the first people that gave me advice in drag and like helped me get out there because she was doing um, a gig of boxers at the time I met her and I got to like just hang out and drag and kind of be a scene queen in that way. Um, she has helped me in many ways and uh, I like to think I've helped her in many ways too, hopefully. She also makes me laugh. She's someone I can key with all the time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she hasn't been working as much lately. She's had a lot of personal stuff going on, but um, I think she's going to the Glam Awards, so I'll see her there. Nice. Next up, we have Persephone. Ooh, I've done two shows with her. She is... I don't know how old she is, but I always feel like she's like, just like such a sweet child. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Just like a sweet child. She might even be my age. I don't know. I'm 31. <laughs> but like, I don't know. She And it's not just because I'm not trying to like infantilize her. Is that the word? But um, I'm trying to say that she's such a pure soul. Like she'll be like so genuinely kind, but then like pop off on stage. It's like, oh, yes. you get, like you get like the um the sweet doll when you're like talking at the bar and then on stage she's being like a fucking slut and I love it. <laughs> I love it. Next is Cherry Poppins. Oh, that bitch. Oh my God. <laughs> Cherry Poppins, speaking of opinionated, I think Cherry Poppins probably is the most opinionated girl that I hang around. She's got opinions about everything. Um, everything, which I do too. Low-key, I do, but I'm a lot more, um, again, as a lamb, I'm very Mariah Carey about my opinions. I don't really state them too much unless someone really asks, asks, or it's the right private company, you know what I mean? 
Otherwise, I'm just like, I like everyone. We're here to be professional. Um, Sherry Poppins doesn't have a filter like that, though. Um, which yeah. I respect. Um, that, do you go, do you, girl? Um, but there's a heart inside there somewhere. What? There's a heart inside there. There's good people yeah, inside. Yeah, you're going to stick around. You need a flashlight for that. But um, yes, there's somewhere. <laughs> but uh, I do, yeah, I do love her. I um, got closer to her this year than ever. She's been doing drag for a while. And, you know, I used to know Cherry way back in the day, 2015, before I did drag, way before I did drag. We were both ushers at a theater together, the same theater. No, that's a lie. I was an usher. She did merch at the same theater. Oh, so cool. I met Cherry all the way back then. I think it was before she did drag, too. Um, cut to now though, we are both out and about doing it. Yes. Next up, Castrata. Diva, Chanteuse, singer, love it. Um, you know what, what I love about Castrata is her attention to detail in her music, like when she sings, and her taste. Her like I mentioned earlier with her cabaret. The taste, chef's kiss, love it. Um, also, she's put together. Like mm-hmm. she always looks right. And there's not many girls where it's like all, for me at least, like when I see people around, like in real life, like always put together. Yeah. You don't get to be a diva unless you are the full package and know you can look good and back it up. Oh yeah. Step one is looking good. I mean, no matter what your talent is, you gotta like walk in the room and like not be busted, look good. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, for me, I was like, let me take time to learn how to do makeup to a good enough level and, like, dress myself and get my body right. Because, like, when I first started, I was not going out. I did eight months or nine months even just home training before I went out and performed so I could look right. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Next up, worship her. Worship her. Love her. First of all, what other queen have you ever seen play an electronic drum set? Come on, right? And by the way, she does it in like full, like she never skips on a heel. She's wearing a full like six inch platforms always. And she's already fucking five foot, no, six foot something tall, I feel like. So she's like on a tower. Um, no, she is also incredible. She probably has the most eclectic and like more obscure music taste of the queens I work with. And uh, it's inspiring to me because I feel like I need to up my up my game, honey, and uh, you know, find more left field stuff for my drag because that makes it, it you know fun <laughs> and new. Yeah, she's great. Love working with her. Next up, Wesley. I thought so. <laughs> Wesley, honestly, have you seen Wesley sing? Uh, just the online videos. Justice for Wesley. Honestly, no shade to everyone. I think Wesley is my favorite. And not just because I work with her. I think she's my favorite drag vocalist that is like working in the city right now. And it's not just that because I work with her. I, I mean, her listen, with the, the Glam Awards really help boost people, so. Uh-huh. What I love about her voice, if I want to like just say why, because like I obsess over people's voices. I love hearing um, vocalists. I just love that she has found a way to like sound effeminate because she she's a tenor. She can like get up there or like, I think she's, yeah, she's a tenor. Um, but she still has like a weight to her voice. Like there's still like, it's like a good blend, like a good mix of like the upper stuff, but it still has like a weight to it. And it's like meaty and I love it. It's like, yeah, I love it. And finally, let's talk about, let's hear the tea, Novazar. 
Novasar. Oh, <laughs> she is at this point right now, I think my closest sister I have because I work there so much. She's inspiring. I always tell her like, girl, how do you do this shit? Every damn day, different costume, different fucking makeup. Mm -hmm. like, damn. <laughs> it's inspiring. Um, she's also, until recently, probably the biggest pothead I know. She's been like smoking less lately, so that's good. Um, for her voice, I mean. Um, but yeah, she is just like, I feel like she, her drag is very much, and not just her drag, her entire thing is very much just like, there's like this, this, this lane, there's this lane. She's like, and like four lanes over, just chugging along, trying to get through. She's had a lot of obstacles and lots of personal whatever. And I admire and respect the fact that she is just a warrior and pushes through. And uh, really just does her own thing for herself. <laughs> Which is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. What is your signature dance move? Ah! Girl, I'm not a dancer. I'm a mover. I'm a mover. <laughs> um, something that I usually do. There's two things that I, I pull out a lot. It's either actually this is funny. So when I first uh, started doing drag, I was a high school teacher at the time, and my um, one of my students who was a better dancer than me. That just shows how much of a non-dancer. The teenager <laughs> is my is better dancer than me already. Because they were, it's a performing arts high school. So they were taking dance classes every day with my friend, the teacher. Um, so they, they got it. Anyway, I um, have a version of Kitty Girl that I wrote a, a section, an original section to. And I was like, hey, students, who wants to help me choreograph the chorus? And so something that I always do that she helped me till this day, very simple, just like an arm motion, like, bah. Oh, easy. That's a good. That's a good move. Very simple. And the hips to match, of course. But I'm not wearing pants right now, so I'm not gonna get us. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick a character to do on Snatch Game, who would it be? Um, you've asked me this before. I would say either Valentina. Um, or I mean, I just know Mariah references so much that I guess I would try her. But I really. What I would have to do is do like a lot of vocal study because like I think a lot of it's in the the way her voice sits and the way she like I love hearing like people's like um speech patterns and like the way that she forms vowels and consonants and the speed at which she talks like she does some like vocal fry stuff a lot like right in here um and like more do you, smoke in my voice. do you think you could break the Mariah Carey Snatch Game curse? Because everyone who's done it so. has it been eliminated that episode. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. You've fallen down a rabbit hole. Question. You've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching videos of? Ooh, girl, some random shit. I, two holes that I fall into all the time. Deep sea aquatic life. Oh, interesting. You want to hear about moray eels? You want to hear? About, you want to hear about some squid? Um, yeah, very that. Like just like sea turtles. Um, octa I just love like animals, but like definitely like especially like deep sea diving stuff. Um, and then true crime. I love it. Love it. Oh my goodness, true crime gets me going. If you had to pick one New York drag artist to be your partner on the Amazing Race, who would it be? Huh. 
I am gonna say Amazing Race, someone with tenacity and grit. I would say Chola Spears would be an amazing partner on that. And good TV. That you two would be good TV. Yep. yep. So I have a fan corner question. Um, I'm not sure if this they're they're asking for a specific answer, but this is from Andy Starling. Oh. What's the most ridiculous thing you've experienced out of drag? Ridiculous thing out of drag I've experienced. Actually, it's funny. So I'm not planning on dying anytime soon, but I do have a note. I love notes to myself. And one of my notes to myself is a notepad called memoirs, <laughs> which oh, are things that I, I believe are going to make my memoir because I plan on writing one. Um, so I have many different things that are ridiculous. I'll just pick one. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'll just I'll just pick one that comes to mind. Actually, though, one time I was at Peloton, a class, a spin class, right? And I was like with my friend. We used to do this as our tradition, like on Sundays. Have you been to a Peloton class ever? It's like there's rows and rows of bikes, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a theater. It's like a club actually, because they make it like. Oh, yeah. if we like blast out top 40 and like put the lights low and add colorful things, you won't realize that you're killing yourself on a, a fucking bike. So it's like a little dance party on a bike. Um, we're in the front row, me and my friends. Uh, we're in the front row, me and, me and my friend. And there's the, it's a live DJ and the instructor. The instructor uh, is, doing, is on bike, telling us what to do. And then the DJ is spinning next to them. It's this girl in a full uh, like bodysuit. Out of nowhere, she like squats down, like she's like down here. And then, but her hand's still on the turntable. So she's like squatting while she's still like working the DJ. <sighs> then I look over and she opens up her legs and it's literally just like a torrent of fluid. I'm like, not a drip, not like a faucet. I'm talking like a fire engine boat. I'm like, the fuck? What is happening? So um, I like look, look over. By the way, I'm still. We're like, it's halfway through the class, and by the way, those classes are brutal. So like I'm yeah. like huffing and puffing. I'm sweating. I'm like Caroline, what's happening? Um, I look over at her. I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> and then she just goes like, yeah, I'm fine, honey. I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh no! Oh my god! Oh no! So I was like, oh my god! Did her water just break in front of all of us? That's and crazy. Realized, and I realized like, no, it couldn't have. Cause I looked at her body. She was still like flat, not even mm-hmm. showing. I was like, there's no way she's even in her like second trimester. So I fully think what happened is, you know, like when you get pregnant, you lose a little bladder control. Oh <laughs> my God. Yes. Just peed herself in front of everybody on the Peloton class. I mean, the, the, th- the thing is you would not know if it smelled or not because there's so much sweat in that room anyway. Yep, very that. And also, she was such a trooper. She didn't even move. She stood in her own feet for the rest of the class. Oh my and god! And the worst part is, like Peloton live streams their classes. There's a camera going around the perimeter of the whole room the oh entire no. time for the people that have at home bikes. So I wish I could find the archives because that'd be fucking amazing. That'd be hilarious. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question, and this is from Mystery Mel Kiki. I just did a gig with him two days ago. Yay. Amazing. Their question is, what made you want to start performing? 
Hmm. Well, performing is such a broad word. You know, my first performing was classical music, piano, you know, recital tees, you know? Um, what made me first start performing? Honestly, I think it was just watching other people do it. I forget who it was that I saw first, but I was like, yeah, I want that. And also what's nice about performing that really has always inspired me is that it's elevated. You get to like, I love dressing up. I love looking good. And I love like elevating everything around you too. Yeah. Like if I ever do like a, just a solo piano show, I want it to be like a fucking spectacle. I want absolutely like as it should be and candles. I want like crystals. I want like a whole steam, right? Um, very that. Well, now is your turn to ask my next guest a question, and it can be about anything you would like. Ooh, okay. I'm trying to think of something, like, interesting. What is the best or your favorite onstage recovery? Oh, I like that one. That's a good one. Okay, I'm, I'm here for it. Well, we love... Because yeah, go for it. I was doing a gig one time at Stonewall last year during the winter. And some lady had left a fucking scarf on the floor. Didn't see it. It was black. When I tell you, it's like skateboarding and drag. Oh, no. Woo! <laughs> and then I fell into a couch. At least it wasn't the floor, though. It was a couch. Right. Well, that, that, that's a good, that's like, a good way to recover. Woo! <laughs> All right. Well, we love to try to expand the community and the family here on Block Talk. Who would you like to hear an interview with in the future? I haven't kept track of like who all you've inter- interviewed already, but um, let me think. I think of like girls that I maybe you haven't talked to yet. Well, I just did a sh- uh, show with I don't know if you know her, Chase Runaway. I don't, but I have. That's a great option. Look her up; she's amazing, a real sweetheart too. She was great, amazing. Um, and then your lad also. I don't know if you know. Awesome. Her. Well, where can we find you on social media and Venmo? Well, I love being very uh, streamlined with my Venmo and my Instagram. It's all the same. You can find me at It's Lyra Vega, spelled I-T-S-L-Y-R-A-V-E-G-A. It's Lyra Vega. Um, um, That's all my handles, Cash App, Venmo, Instagram, Um, except for TikTok. On TikTok, I am the drag pianist. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was amazing chatting with you. Thanks for having me. It's so fun. Really in depth today. We really covered all the corners, all the bases. 